happy holidays happy almost end of the year or if you're listening to this in 2021 congratulations we made it hopefully there's some better vibes flowing through the air on on the other side but montana and i have been doing a lot of reflection recently a lot of manifesting and just in our personal lives and we thought it would be a good idea to do the same for to that point so we wanted to just take a couple of minutes and chat this is a little different from the episodes we've put out so far but this is something that we're trying to get into a bit more for 2021 it's just more conversation between the two of us on these topics that we're uncovering. So we wanted to give a quick little debrief and summary of what we've accomplished so far specifically for to that point. So I'm going to hit you guys with some 2020 stats. So since we launched the podcast, what was it back in like September, I think? Yeah, I think so. So we, we like had been coming up with this idea for months and we're like we've just got to hit go so we started publishing in september and put out 12 episodes to date um once this episode comes out that'll actually put us at 13 and we've interviewed 14 guests across three countries so we're also an international podcast shout out to ali in the uk fab cycle team in canada and renewcell in sweden we had almost 500 unique listeners as of today and hopefully that number continues to grow and our top episodes for themes so the two themes that we explored this year were whether or not to get an MBA so what that new college experience looks like in COVID and the episode that people listened to the most was learning about a master's in design engineering with Pranitha which I also thought was a very, very engaging conversation. That was a path I hadn't even thought of yet. And then for our Designing with Purpose theme, the Sunday School episode with Mia is the one that currently has the most downloads. So shout out to Pranitha and Mia and shout out to all the other episodes that you should listen to (laughs) as well. (laughs) And then two more things. So one stat that surprised both Montana and I both of us being very loyal Spotify users, was that most of our listeners are on Apple, on Apple Podcasts. So that's been a new experience for me, just learning that platform a little bit more and how to, I guess, yeah, just just opening myself up to Apple. (laughs) And then mid-season or or mid-year, Something we were trying to figure out is we were really just recording interviews and mastering the audio and uploading them sort of as is full length. And we did an hour and a half interview. I think it was with Ali to talk about London Business School. And we went to upload it. And Levi, our audio engineer, was like, guys, <laughs> you can't upload an hour and a half long episode. Like people, people don't have the time if, if you want them to keep coming back. Um, Let's look at the numbers. Let's see where people are dropping off and let's optimize accordingly. So he was right. Um, An hour and a half is a long time. I tend to listen to my podcast on like 1.5 times speed. So I was like, no, it's fine. People can speed it up. He's like, well, what if people just want to listen to it as is? So um, a bit of test and learn there. What we ended up doing is shortening our interviews to be a little bit more concise and then also editing down the interview audio. And most of our episodes are now 30 to 40 minutes long. 
And as a little teaser for any content or any nuggets we have in there that we might want to still share for 2021, we're going to explore some bonus content. So keep an eye out for that. But that's our 2020 wrapped. I'm pretty proud of that. I think it's kind of funny to think back to earlier in the year, which feels like 10 years ago, (laughs) but we definitely overplanned it in the beginning. And I'm glad that we just pulled the trigger and went with it because we've learned so much. And we'll go through some of those learnings in our little chat today. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really proud of us for doing it. I'm super grateful to all the guests who believed in us and were willing to give their time and energy into the podcast. I'm still confused on the Apple thing, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you are on Apple, please leave us a review and <laughs> no a star rating. Um, they don't have that on Spotify yet. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the future. I think this has been a really good test run and pilot. And we can tell you guys a little bit later what we have planned for 2021. But I think I can see in both of us how much our confidence has exploded in terms of, you know, hearing ourselves uh, on audio, like hearing our voices. That was really hard to stomach in the beginning or being afraid to reach out to people or not knowing, you know, exactly how to craft a story arc in an interview style podcast. So we've definitely learned quite a bit. And I think it would be cool to reflect on the season that we just wrapped, uh, Designing with Purpose, because that one was the first season that we did that required a lot more outreach. So our first season, which was around grad school, we just tapped into our personal networks. But for Designing with Purpose, we did that a little bit, but also went quite a bit beyond our personal networks. And I think we learned a lot. So I'll start with you. I'll ask you a question, Jazz. Now that we've wrapped the second season, what are some of the things that you feel like you've learned about sustainable and ethical fashion? So I think one thing first that just surprised me in general about this season, like you mentioned, Montana, for the grad school episodes that we put out, that was really just texting friends that we knew were in certain grad school programs and seeing if they were interested in talking about their experience. And I I almost dubbed those as like easy yeses. And for designing with purpose, we started maybe with a couple of third degree connections, but a lot of that was cold outreach and a lot of it was on Instagram. Um, I think almost every single guest that we got started with an Instagram DM, which I just thought (laughs) was kind of funny because I've heard a lot now Instagram is the new email and Mm -hmm. it, it was just interesting having to also consider ourselves and our profile and and what to that point looks like and the aesthetic and branding of that because it's someone's first impression when they read a message from us. So um I think that just was one thing that I thought was very interesting as a learning from that season, but talking specifically about sustainable and ethical fashion, I think I'm vegan, I think most of you all know that and I try to be green-minded or or eco-conscious, but fashion has been something that's been a little more difficult for me to participate in ethically because the sort of fashion that I was considering within that realm was like the stuff you see at Whole Foods that's like weird wool stuff that's not cute, like that I would maybe wear to bed, but a lot of the sustainable alternatives to clothing that I'd seen were like free people sort of like very boohoo woman in the woods, like 
bingo bongo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to describe it. I think like my idea of sustainable and ethical fashion was either like I'm going to carry around a bag that's made out of like recycled water bottles or like the bags that they have at like the MoMA design shop. That's like this used to be a Lay's yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. And it's like very obviously sustainable versus a lot of the the brands that we ended up having conversations with, it explored a whole spectrum of sustainability, like sustainable when you think of how something is made, sustainable when you think of how is this impacting culture or community. Um, I think it really just broadened my perspective of what it means to participate and where you can participate and make an impact. And I we talked a lot about accessibility in our conversations uh, within this theme as well. And I think it's helped sort of shorten whatever perceived gap I I had that I thought I had to leap over in order to shop sustainably. Um, So like for Christmas, I bought some gifts from the canvas for my secret Santa. And then um, my sister recently got promoted and I got her some clothes from Minus Us. So it's cool now both to have connections with these designers, hear their process, how they got there, know it's attainable, but then also say there's really cool things out there that we can help to support. And hopefully by sharing these stories and helping to spotlight more designers like this, you all feel like you can participate as well. Yeah, totally. I feel like my perception of sustainability also was really broadened and I'm super thankful for that. And I also think as an aspiring entrepreneur, just learning about all the different pieces of the puzzle that you can make sustainable. So especially when we talk to FabCycle and we were talking about the fashion supply chain, um, there's so many steps and so many sub-steps and pieces along the line where Obviously, in an ideal world, you want every single step to be very sustainable, but I think a more positive way of looking at it is you have an opportunity at every single step to make a sustainable choice and to educate yourself on how to do that. And so I think it also reminds me of the conversation that we had with Devin and Tegan from The Canvas around cancel culture in the ethical fashion game. And I think if we start to see it as everything, every positive decision that we can make is a positive step for all of us. I think that's, you know, just a much better way of thinking about it. And if you're starting any kind of business, any kind of side hustle, just taking a second to think about the mailers that you're using, like are they compostable or thinking about, you know, the glass jars that you're using for something, like where did they come from? If they're coming from Amazon or Alibaba, maybe take the time to do that extra bit of research and try to figure out what factory they're actually coming from and what are the conditions there. I think it's a little unrealistic to think that every budding entrepreneur is going to, you know, handcraft the glass themselves. And unfortunately, that's kind of where we're at because so many different business practices are really opaque and hard to see through. Like it's not going to be possible for you to see where everything on Amazon is made yet. But I think just it's encouraging to hear how you can just start to think about that and make as many steps in the process sustainable as you can. And then I think as we all move that way, then the bigger businesses will feel the pressure to be more transparent and we can make better and better decisions over time. Yeah. And I think something really cool that we were able to see in real time with these guests is celebrate their success. 
the private policy was the second guest that we had on and we saw them on the front page of Zara two weeks ago or so as they had, uh, what was it? They won like a partnership deal with Zara or something, but like private policies. Zara CFDA. Yeah. So they're now sold on Zara.com and RenewCell a couple weeks after we interviewed with them, I mean, in general, the cool thing about RenewCell was they're working with brands that we recognize like H&M and Levi's, but then they also made it into Time Magazine as one of the top inventions of 2020. So I think it's it's really, really amazing to see these successes that we celebrate within this maybe like small, smaller niche get to be projected to that larger stage. Yeah, totally. And it's been really fun to see as well, like Sunday School, the amount of collabs that they've come out with, even just since that episode launched, I super recommend you guys go take a look at their site or their Instagram because it seems like every week they're coming out with the coolest stuff. Like they did this collab with Matcha Bar and what was the one that they did? recently. Oh, the candle. Yeah, they came out with a candle um, called Burning Desires, which I thought was super fun. And it's just really inspiring to see how they're working with other people as well to come out with things that further their mission of decreasing the taboo around marijuana. I don't know. I, I just loved following along and feeling like I have a bit more of a personal connection to a bunch of these brands. Yeah. And I also think what we realized as we were getting to meet these people is how much they also rely on connections and knowing people. Even within our Designing with Purpose team, we ended up connecting some of the guests to each other because we thought there were um, good synergies or opportunities for collaborating in the future. And it's a good feeling to know you're not in this alone. I think even with podcasting, we learned that anytime we reached out for help, we were always or I definitely was a little nervous at first and saying like, man, do we like raise our hand for this? But as soon as we did, people were so open. They were willing to share learnings. They were willing to help us out. Um, So there's a huge community out there. um, And it's cool to play the role of both connector and getting to get connected to others. Totally. So did anything in this season surprise you? Like anything that any of the guests said or any of the topics or how any of the conversations went? Were you surprised by any of that? I think the thing that surprised me the most was maybe less the guests and the topics and more how much of the knowledge that I have and the things that I currently do in my job could be applied elsewhere. Uh, I think that's something that I've struggled with personally for the last year is just being inspired, quite frankly, and feeling like the things that I'm learning how to do can only be applied within like this narrow little business like path that I've set out on. And hearing from Mia from Sunday School, for example, and how she used to be in consulting and used to be on this same sort of business path and has, you know, shifted that for herself to start Sunday School and and really pursue that full heartedly, or even with Johan from Minus Us, who comes from Wall Street, uh, I think the most inspiring thing and most surprising thing is we have these success stories of people like ourselves who have made it on these more creative journeys. And that's something that's 
been really, really reassuring for me. Yeah, I love that. It's It feels really good to feel like the past four years that we've been working in consulting, specifically like innovation consulting, that we have gained skills in terms of just analysis and staying curious and thinking about the business models that support different things. It's really nice to see that that is transferable elsewhere um, and that it's it's a useful skill set because I, I totally agree. Sometimes I felt bogged down in, I don't know, building an app and it's like, oh my gosh, how is this serving like my higher aspirations of becoming an entrepreneur or doing something creative? Um, so it's been really cool to kind of apply it elsewhere and see like, okay, that wasn't a waste. <laughs> like we're, we're still learning. We're, we're growing <laughs> as people. So I totally, totally agree. Yeah. And just given everything that we've learned so far, I know that you were actually very good, I'd say, in terms of participating and shopping uh, sustainably. But are there any new consumption habits that you think you'll pick up given what you know now? Mm, yes. Um, I mean, first of all, I think now I'm a loyal customer to most of our guests, which is super fun just to add some diversity to the wardrobe mix. I don't know. Honestly, I am very looking forward to this post-COVID renaissance that everyone's talking about, in, especially in New York City. So I know that I'm going to want to dress a bit extra, have a little bit more fun. I think I was definitely in the Brooklynite uniform world before COVID. I was kind of slipping into, you know, the black cropped pants and the all black and the beanie, like <laughs> just because it was comfortable and everyone wore that in the office. So that's all that really mattered. But I do want to have a lot more fun whenever we sort of get that freedom back. But I can tell you what I won't be doing and I won't be going to fast fashion companies and buying things that I'll wear once when we go out. I'll definitely stick to my guns on thrifting and looking at brands like Minus Us that are kind of that mixture between thrift but also luxury pieces that you'll want to wear multiple times. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to having a bit of fun with it. And I think I think everyone should. I think something else that we kind of learned and talked about as we went through this is that sustainability doesn't have to be boring and ethical fashion doesn't have to be boring. It can be really fun and artistic. It's just about choosing less sometimes. So maybe you have, you know, three pairs of really cool, fun going out pants in your closet instead of 18. But I know you'll feel a lot better doing so. When you when you open your closet a month later, you'll actually want to wear all of those things again rather than like that one pair of hot pink sequin pants from Urban Outfitters that you wore to the club Yeah, you're once. like, this is for my house of yes nights. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think uh, confidence is a key part of that too. Funny, funny little side story. Earlier this morning, Montana sent me a TikTok of La Grande Boucherie that just opened up in New York City. And I was like, girl, if I walk in there, I have to find... <laughs> some new clothes because what is currently in my closet is not going to work for that because um, I'm also like all black uniform very little color a lot of t-shirts a lot of sweaters but you're right like I'm so excited for 2021 just to feel more confident and to be proud of that confidence and I don't want to say I'm going to go on a huge shopping spree but I probably will but when I do I 
I want to explore those sustainable alternatives, but it doesn't mean that I have to have like recycled stamped front and center on my top, which I think is, is really cool to realize. Cause like I said, usually the way that I had started to perceive sustainable fashion was more that, oh, you're, you're showing off almost like, I I don't, I don't know. It was Mm. sort of weird. Like I'm better than you because I'm I'm doing something better for the world and like you aren't but it's not like that I think it's just understanding and supporting these brands that make amazing clothes and happen to do so in a way that doesn't impact our environment negatively yeah we got to get those like house of sunny lime green pants and Mm -hmm. puffy tops (laughs) watch out world we show up at La Grande Boucherie in like hot pink and hot orange <laughs> striped yeah. pants. I'm here <laughs> for it. Okay. So I wanted us to talk a little bit more personally about kind of our 2020 year in review personally, and then we can talk about the podcast a little bit more as well. But to start us off easy, Let's actually do let's do the lessons that we feel like we've learned from 2020. So I was gonna have both of us go through our Spotify raft. Because oh. <laughs> I feel like it's super telling, but like low stakes, and then we can go deeper. Oh, okay. Do you have yours pulled up? I do. Okay, I can, can start. start. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not embarrassed by most of it, but there's some little nuggets in here that are truly humiliating. So I think my top artist this year was Rosalia, which I am here for. Love her. Love everything about it. Let's see. What else? There's a lot of Doja Cat in here, Chloe and Halle, some musicals. Who's surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Princess Nokia, Kim Petras. These are all pretty standard. Um, let's see. Some things that jump out as a little <laughs> alarming <laughs> is um, the fact that I still listen to Bilderbuch, which is a Austrian rock, alternative rock band, question mark. I don't really know. I have loved them for years since I did my like semester, semester exchange. Uh, God, what was that, like five years ago now? Um, haven't given them up. I think they were also in my top, which is pretty funny. What else? Okay, that's actually the only embarrassing stuff that's on my top 20, I think. I mean, there's like some classical music, but I don't think that's embarrassing. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the weird Austrian stuff that's still lingering. I appreciate that. I'm trying to find mine, and I don't know how to find the, like, I don't know how to find it. I do know one thing that was definitely on my wrapped that really just bothered me, which is this one song by Maroon 5 that came out this year that I listened to apparently over and over and over again. But I think I realized what happened is I will listen to a song on repeat until I get tired of it because it helps me concentrate because I lose sense of time. So I I know Mm -hmm. that one song by Maroon 5 was on there. There was um, some Amtrak. I think I realized like in the office last year, a lot of the music on my Spotify was stuff that I would want to listen to on my way 
to and from work. And then maybe occasionally in the office, I'd throw my headphones in. Um, but usually it was more like ambient sounds from the office that I was listening to while I was working. And at home, I would just blast music to feel like I was surrounded by people and like wasn't alone. <laughs> so I just went for some like different sorts of things that I would listen to otherwise. Like I listened to a lot of like lo-fi stuff, some like jazzy stuff. Montana found a playlist from the Roxy Hotel, like Roxy Hotel, New York City spring playlist. And I've been listening to that a lot recently too. So yeah, I wasn't proud of my Spotify wrapped and I thought maybe that algorithm just messed up a little bit, but I did that other one that came out recently. AI one that makes fun of you and man they dug up oh, some yeah. other stuff that I just really didn't need to be um unveiled but <laughs> what about your podcast do you know what your top I'm just looking through my like recommended and top podcasts I think a16z was on there mm-hmm. and then I'm listening to a bunch of how to save a planet recently so it's probably a16z how to save a planet Code Switch might have gotten up there too, but I think those are my most listened. But my favorite podcast is Rabbit Hole. I think in terms of production goals, that is aspirationally where we want to that point to eventually get to. And it was just a very, very fascinating story that was also timed well with me watching The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I just like wasn't ready to face reality, so I haven't watched that yet. But Rabbit Hole is also definitely my favorite podcast of the year. Super recommend it. I'm looking at what else I have. Definitely Code Switch, The Daily, which isn't very surprising. It looks like I was listening to quite a bit of Dissect oh, yes. <laughs> earlier this year. It's also really good. Um, it looks like I listened to all of the Beyonce Lemonade one. Um, let's see what else. There were some true crime podcasts in there. I've kind of taken a break from true crime, but I was binging a lot of that, um, breaking the case. And then there was one about um, a case that happened at UT, like in West Campus, that I listened to, which was done by students at the Moody – is that what it's called? Moody Communication School? It was really, really good. And let's see. What else? Pivot. Also a bit of A16Z. I got a little burnt out from like the startup-y ones, but I'll, I'm sure I will return. Business Casual. Oh, yeah. Um, Business Casual by The Morning Brew. I think that's my favorite in that genre right now. Yeah. it's They do a really good job in being the same as other podcasts in terms of like, hey, here's like a very interesting founder story. But I find that they pull things out in the interview that I haven't heard before. Yeah, and I really like the host. I forget her name, but I love that it's done by a woman because I feel like a lot of these podcasts, another reason why they sound the same is because they're all done by like guys in tech um, who kind of speak with similar like cadence voice. So I think she's really cool and it's nice to hear a woman talk about (laughs) these things. Cool. Okay, so some other questions. We don't have to answer all of them, but – I wrote, what books have you read? What artists have you discovered? What hobbies have you tried? You can answer one or all three of those. Um, I've been doing a ton of reading. I've actually been keeping track of 
how many books I've read in a little note on my iPhone. Um, and I think I've read over 20 this year, um, which is pretty wow. cool. Um, the most recent book I read, um, I read it this week because I'm home in Texas and have a little bit more free time. But I read Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, which was actually really, really good. Um, I had no idea that he had such a fascinating life and that he was so free spirited. I think you kind of get that from the characters that he plays and just the interviews that he does. But he literally used to roam around in a trailer, like didn't have a home for years and would just like drive from set to set doing his movies. And he went to the jungles of Africa and South America, like doing soul searching. Like it was a very interesting book and it was very easy to read. So actually highly recommend that. And he also plays up Texas a lot, specifically Austin, um, which I tend to be a little more negative towards Texas for some reason. I really shouldn't be, but I'm always like, oh yeah, I'm from Texas. But like, I live in New York now. Like I always make that caveat, but he's so proud of where he's from. Um, and like the way that he, he sort of describes his experience in the South and like how it impacted the person he is today. And like, the experience he wants his kids to have growing up and everything. I was like, wow, like, okay, Texas actually is not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> so um, it's not bad. <laughs> I think I just always say like, but there's no city in Texas because my idea of a city is New York City, um, which is an unfair comparison. But <laughs> I think um, I'm warming back up to Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't expect you to move back anytime soon, but Texas is pretty cool. It is pretty cool, especially Austin. So I've been doing a ton of reading. Um, in terms of artists I've discovered, I think it's our guests really are artists. And I think just understanding and learning about their craft has been really, really fascinating. I think any free time I've had this year has pretty much been spent on to that point, And that's not coming from a place of like, oh, I have a homework assignment. It's like I was genuinely interested in learning more on these topics and like having an outlet to share those learnings with others. Um, so that's been really awesome. And hobbies has been reading, podcasting. I spent a lot more time working out this year and sleeping. <laughs> like my schedule's been really, really uh, nice this year, I've got to say. Um, but yeah. What about you? You can talk about your candles. Your candle thing is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely haven't read as many books as you have, I don't think. Um, mostly the stuff for um, the book club that we both joined this year. Um, and then I'm just looking at my desk. I bought a bunch. So I started a new job this year during a pandemic, which has been interesting. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> they're really into reading um or like you know using books <laughs> as like a common source of knowledge across the firm not just like articles or like ad hoc things so on my desk now i have um imagined communities by benedict anderson the death and life of great american cities by jane jacobs um the great good place by ray oldenburg that's the one about third places jasmine that um I think we'll probably both read at some point given our plan for 2021. Um, 
And then I have this book called Obsessed that is written by uh, the co-founder of Red Antler, which if you guys don't know, that's the branding agency that has branded probably all of the direct-to-consumer startups that you guys know about. Um, So they do like Casper and Allbirds and Jot Coffee and I'm forgetting a bunch, but all all the big ones they've done. So she kind of walks through um, her perception of, you know, what it takes to create a good brand and how the role of branding is much, much bigger nowadays than it was even 20 years ago. Um, And it's a pretty good framework I've been trying to think through um, for branding to that point. And uh, I think a lot of those brands get criticism for blanding, like, you know, how a lot of startups kind of look the same (laughs) in a way. Um, And some of those fall into that category that, that her team works on. But I don't think it's because of Red Antler. Um, I think it might be because of other factors because she's very critical of that. Um, and I've really enjoyed the book. And then um, in terms of hobbies, I am just a serial hobbyist. I need to do some soul searching probably and understand exactly why, but I just love projects, um, especially in a year like 2020 where I feel like I don't have control over much. I can control my little project world. Yeah, besides to that point, I have been playing around this year just with the idea of producing some kind of physical good. Uh, I think it's partially out of just a desire to learn about something new because a lot of what Jasmine and I have done throughout our careers has been digital product, which is great, but it's just an entirely different world when you're talking about physical products. And I think also given everything that we learned in our season two about sustainable and ethical production. I just saw like, you know, some areas where I could probably do a little bit more research and get my hands dirty and come out with maybe something that's a little bit more ethical than what's on the market. So I've been playing around with the idea of candles, uh, partially because I'm obsessed and it would save me a lot of money if I could make my own. And then also because I think it has the potential to be, you know, more of a centerpiece in someone's apartment. Uh, and drive some conversation, which is, I think, something we all really need in 2021. It's just more conversation and speaking to one another more. Um, so yeah, I've just been playing around with that idea. Um, I'm sure I'll share it with to that pointers later when it's a bit more done. But it's been really, really interesting talking to like good old American manufacturers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the only way I know how to describe it because it's so. I don't know. I think we live in our little New York digital bubble where everything's like super techie and and streamlined and a seamless experience and like instant gratification. And then when you're trying to source smoky glass vessels, like candle jars, that is extremely difficult. And I don't know how else to explain it besides like you're talking to these family-owned businesses And their products might be fantastic. Like they might use, you know, 70% post-consumer recycled glass and then it's 100% recyclable after. And you're like, yes, this is what I want. But they just don't have like digital capabilities. And I think we take that Mm -hmm. for granted. Like they can't just communicate very quickly and they don't have like an immediate picture of their inventory. And it's just, it's very, very interesting to see how these, 
American manufacturers are still doing really well because they they're the only ones that have the product, but they're definitely not competing on experience. <laughs> uh, so that that's been uh, really really interesting and has taken a lot of time, but I'm learning a lot. So there's that. That would be a really interesting topic to explore. Actually, that you could walk us through is. When we talk experience, a lot of times we talk about the experience of the end consumer. So like, what is the experience for me as someone who wants to go shopping and like purchase something new, but we don't talk about the experience for the people trying to create the product. So like the entrepreneur experience and all of this, how and when, if at all, has that been optimized? I would, I would want to hear more about that. Yeah, I'm sure I could talk for hours about it because it is definitely not optimized and I can see I can see how and why people also protect these things like trade secrets like who their manufacturer is because once you crack that you realize how much work goes into that so I can see why people don't want to share openly like who their manufacturers are but I kind of want to because I don't know like if we all have the tools and materials to use these companies that I think are more ethical, then people won't feel the need to just order stuff off Amazon because it's faster and it's easier. Um, but yeah, we can we can talk about that for another time. 2021. <laughs> Finishing up kind of like what we've personally learned in 2020, this is a really hard question to answer concisely, but how do you feel like you've grown this year um, through everything that's happened, even though it feels like it's probably been 10 years? Uh, what's been the hardest part for you? What are you grateful for? Any of the above? So in this book that I just read by Matthew McConaughey, he talks about the concept of green lights and how throughout your life, you are given these green lights, essentially, that grant you access to something new or different or the next thing. Um, but that they're also accompanied by yellow lights and red lights. Like sometimes things feel like they're at a full stop or sometimes they feel like they're going really slowly. And in context, like 2020 has felt very much like a red light for a lot of people. Um, and I think that's been difficult to feel like you're in a place where you're stagnant and growth isn't really possible. But Something great that's come out of that that's been more of a green light is because everything in my life that was usually moving so quickly got to a place where it was very routine. I started to see these pockets of time open up that I didn't have before that were green lights for me to go and explore things that I'd put on the back burner, like this idea of starting a company or starting a podcast or exploring topics that interest me and being able to apply my knowledge and strategy or business like to that point I think if we had tried to put the pedal to the metal on this in 2019 it would have been so much harder because we were moving 110 miles per hour in every other aspect of our life as well that I think the idea of starting a podcast and doing it well would have been totally overwhelming so I think the hardest part for me, I think, was reestablishing a routine, but I think being able to grow in the sense that I have felt very, very productive this year. I have felt inspired. I have felt creative. And I think 
having the green light to go and explore those paths has been really, really fruitful for me. So I think that's something that I'm definitely grateful for, because I know this, this has been a year that hasn't looked that way for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely feel the the same way about just kind of getting ripped out of the New York City, busy, hectic, fast-paced lifestyle that we both had. I think that was one of the best things that could have happened to me, even though I will be back in New York City in a, a couple of months. I think there was just so much that goes along with that. So much of that is coupled you know, with being oblivious and just being quote unquote too busy to just pay attention to things that we need to pay attention to and not noticing different privileges that we have, like obviously our white privilege and our privilege of having these jobs that allow us to live these lavish lifestyles in New York City that's so removed from the rest of the country. And then that coupled with the Black Lives Matter movement and the election, I think it just exposed a lot of things within myself that I needed to take a deeper look into and exposed a lot of things about our society and how I felt like we were in our own like maze, I guess. <laughs> like the visual that I have in my head is like it's a big maze and we were just racing through and not looking around and not looking back and just trying to get to the end as quickly as possible. But I don't necessarily think that's the best way forward anymore. And so I think taking the time to explore other things that interest us is a really good idea. And I think that both of us has, have felt a little bit of a sense of relief and just kind of stopping the the rat race and taking a look around, taking a breath, understanding our place and role in society and how we can add value rather than just extract value from the systems that we we live in. So definitely has been a huge year for learning and growth. Um, and I'm really excited to take this new version of myself into 2021, a version that's a lot more careful and hopefully thoughtful and hopefully, you know, more meaning meaningful in, in terms of my decisions that I make. But obviously we we will never be perfect. But I do think that 2020 has made me much, much, much more aware. And I think you and I are pretty lucky in the sense that we get to start our, you know, entrepreneurial pursuits with all of this knowledge at hand. And so now it's just up to us to make the best decisions that we can. But I think if we would have started this in 2019, I think it would have turned out completely differently and might not have been as mindful as what I hope we can come out with um, next year. Yeah, I think so too. I think Whereas 2020, we've been very physically constrained and definitely kept in a very small and tight space <laughs> with quarantine and whatnot. Um, it has been mentally liberating to feel like you have time to sit with your own thoughts and almost wander away from the group think that might have been more present when you go to the office every day and interact with the same people or I don't know it's I, I I felt very much more conscious like you said of the things that I do and how and when I participate and where I may not be participating yet um, so that's been a very interesting reflective journey for myself coming out of 2020 and into 2021. 
2021. Yes. So speaking of 2021, let's uh, go into, I guess, more about our podcast. So what we've learned during our first you know, six months of podcasting and becoming podcasters and what we have planned for pod world domination. Yeah, and we're not kidding about that, by the way. <laughs> no. 100%. No, this is part of manifesting. <laughs> yeah, we're going to speak about it as if it's already happened so we can send the energy out to the universe. Uh, we're not totally delusional, but we do believe that, <laughs> you know, we at least have the the drive and I think we're getting to the point where we have the skills. So I'm pretty confident. Yeah, same here. And I think like learnings from starting a podcast are – very many. Um, I think hearing your own voice played back to you is um, horrifying sometimes. I definitely to say that <laughs> the first time I heard myself, I was like, oh my word, why do I talk like that? Uh, but the cool thing is you realize in your cadence of conversation with people, like I, I almost just said, um, and I, I held myself back because I, I find myself in conversation now. I try to talk slower and I try to think more actively about what I'm going to say next. So I'm trying to say, um, and like less. And I'm also just trying to be more concise in my sentences. But something that I've definitely learned is interviewing is such a craft that I think we're, we're starting to develop, but I think we're still very much at like a Q&A style of interviewing people. And what we're really trying to push for in 2021 is how can we turn these interviews into stories and become better storytellers? So I think that'll open up a whole new like can of worms for us in terms of like, I'm going to try to read more um, fiction. In, in the books that I have and just understand like what is a good and engaging story. Like I keep going back to this Matthew McConaughey book, but I flew through it so fast. I finished it in like two or three days because it was like such an interesting story. And he's like a really, really great storyteller and he gets to the point, but he still pulls you in and he has these little nuggets that just help you remember what happened and helps you anticipate what might come next. So I think like reading more fiction, listening to more, podcasts of, of really good interviewers that we can aspire to watching interesting movies like I think we can get really creative with how we learn more about what good storytelling is but I think that's one thing that I definitely want to pressure myself to get better at in 2021 yes I completely agree um, I think you know starting out it's easiest to start with a, a Q&A style interview. And just to anyone listening who has thought about starting a podcast, I really encourage you to. And I encourage you to start sooner rather than later because I think it's Pixar that uses that concept of ugly babies. Like they call all of their movies ugly babies until they're ready to be released because they, they don't want creators to feel pressure um, for it to be perfect. And they kind of want to shield it from criticism. So I think Jasmine and I, our version of that has just been talking about it in terms of a pilot. Like we've been going after our first and second seasons as pilots for to that point. And so it keeps us going and it keeps us motivated to come out with, we're calling our next project the Big Kahuna. That's like our code name for it. Um, but just start now. It won't be perfect. Um, ours is far from perfect, far from what we want. 
the, you know, ultimate product to start looking like, but you have to get through the messy parts. You have to feel embarrassed hearing your voice back. You have to stumble through an interview. You have to have technical difficulties. You have to get no's to your requests. You have to get ghosted by guests. Like you have to go through all of that. Um, You have to be told that no one wants to listen to you for an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, to, to become a better podcaster. And so, again, I'm just so happy that we started it this year. Um, it's not ideal that we, you know, did most of it remotely. I'm definitely looking forward to, in our dream scenario, having a really nice studio that's inspiring and that we are proud to bring guests into. And like you were saying, Jazz, doing that more narrative style and bringing on a bigger team of editors and storytellers and composers and all kinds of people to help us make a really great product. But I think we had to get through, you know, some of this messy stuff this year to to move on. And yeah, I guess in terms of 2021, I'm also excited to work a bit more on our branding. Um, that's a skill that I would love to develop a little bit more, not necessarily in terms of graphic and visual design, but just branding systems and understanding what makes a really good, well-rounded brand. Um, And then also looking into monetization opportunities. Right now, Jasmine and I are just pouring money into it (laughs) and not getting much back, which is totally fine because we're we're still learning. But obviously, the ultimate goal is for us to at least break even um, and be able to bring on a bigger team. So I'm really excited about thinking through what those different revenue streams could be besides just sponsorships. Um, So looking into developing products and developing a really cool, unique Patreon and thinking through with our innovation consulting hats, like what are new business models that we can use with our podcast um, that we think add value back to the community. Um, And all that stuff is just really exciting for me um, because Jasmine and I spent a lot of time talking about this and Again, just thinking about what we learned in our season two about ethics and sustainability and production, it's like we don't want to just come out with a tote bag that we bought in bulk off Amazon and slap a logo on it. Like that's that's just not our ethos. We want to source something and design something that's really cool and unique um, that people actually want to use and reuse. Uh, and I think we kind of want to apply that logic to to everything that we come out with. So I'm excited for that part too. Yeah, same here. And I think one thing that I said when we were first starting this, when, when I got the question of like, oh, you're starting a podcast? Like, why? And I was like, listen, the goal here is not to become the top podcaster in the world. Like if to that point makes it to the top of the charts, that is amazing. I think both of us would love that. But what I'm really trying to get out of this experience is we dubbed to that point as conversations that happen at the intersection of business and culture. And that's because what we were seeing in our day-to-day conversations of business were focused purely on business and often missed the aspect of culture that humanizes that conversation and helps to democratize almost like who can participate in business and just being able to learn about it from a different perspective and just being able to meet the people that we have been able to meet so far has been so inspiring. And I think 
yeah, we're exploring like what what is beyond a podcast. Like I'm sure Montana has a mood board of all the pictures she sent me of our office inspiration in Berlin <laughs> for eventually when we yeah, <laughs> I do. She does. Um when to that point <laughs> is something concrete and tangible and um something that's scary and exciting at the same time is with a podcast like this, like it's us, like me, Jasmine and Montana and our voices and like everything is put out very, very publicly. And that's different than, okay, Montana is, you know, making candles and you release a candle line and like your name's attached to it. But it's, there's something very intimate about podcasting that I should have anticipated and didn't. And that's been a really, really interesting uh, learning experience as well is just like the way you talk and things that slip out is you're giving people a glimpse into your life and into the lives of others. Um, and it's a very, very interesting medium that I'm glad is getting the attention that it is today. So I think uh, Top Podcaster is now on the roadmap for 2021 and beyond. Um, who knows? We may not accomplish that bit <laughs> next year. Uh, but I think the art of podcasts has become a lot more apparent to me. Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly the word. It's like the art of it. And it sounds silly and pretentious to to talk about it in terms of an art or craft, but it really is. And I have so much more respect too for all the podcasts that I listen to now because I can break it down into like, oh wow, okay, this is how they edited that and this is a story arc and I bet they had to go and re-record that 20 times to get that sound bite and wow, the mastering is great here and the custom score. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's like, it's really cool to be able to consume podcasts differently as well and just have that extra appreciation for when people do really go the extra mile. Because before we started this, I could tell that it was better, but I didn't know how or why. And now that I do, it's like, I think that's why both of us are so in awe of um, Rabbit Hole <laughs> because it is really, they go the extra mile for sure. Um, and everything that like Gimlet produces as well is is just S tier. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's definitely in the roadmap for 2021. And I guess to give you guys a little bit more insight and breakdown into what that goal kind of looks like, um, I think our plan for now is in January, we're going to focus that a lot on recording and producing for a pilot of a bigger idea that we have. And in the meantime, we still want to put out content. And so Jasmine and I are going to be producing a few more one-on-one -on -one episodes and also trying to do some community building within to that point. So a piece of our idea that we had in the very beginning that we haven't really gotten around to yet is building out to that point truly as a community for strategists and creatives. And that came out of a conversation or a few conversations that we've had with uh, colleagues at both of the firms that we work at in the sense that it's pretty strange how we don't really discuss things across firms. And I think there's obviously a fine line where it gets into, um, I don't know, trade secrets <laughs> or gets into things that are proprietary and we, we would never cross that line. But I think there's a, a huge group and a growing group of people who are in these innovation type career paths. And I think it would benefit us so much to 
do some kind of like podcast listening club or book club or just like when we can do things back in person, having some kind of brunch or dinner club where we can talk about, you know, trends that we see that are emerging, books that we're reading that we think are super relevant. If people want to make career changes, helping them do so. And so I think we're going to try to use January to also spotlight a few of our friends that we have across different firms like IDEO and Frog and RGA, um, maybe some of the more traditional consulting firms like BCG and McKinsey, uh, and just kind of expose how many similarities we all have um, and maybe talk about some of the differences as well. And then um, while we're doing that, like I said, in January and probably February as well, we'll be doing a lot more recording, hopefully some field recording, putting a lot more emphasis on content creation. So me trying to use my film camera a little bit better, um, us probably hiring a few people to help us out, Levi going around with us to record some stuff in the field in New York. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for everyone to see kind of the to that point 2.0 when we come out with some new branding and new styles of content. Yeah. And I think our hypothesis is that listening to a podcast is a very anonymous experience. It's a very passive experience in a way you can listen, but there's no immediate connection with the hosts or the guests and all you have to do is hit play or hit pause and and that's sort of your assignment on the listener side and what we anticipate or like our hypothesis is that if we offered that through line between the listener and the guests and the hosts how would people participate And that's really what we're trying to explore is beyond the idea of a podcast, what does a community of people interested in these topics look like and these different expert archetypes where you might not be that credentialed person who just got X amount of money and funding and you have this unicorn startup, but you built a company and you had a certain background and there's other people that can relate to that. How can we connect you and, and help to um, broker those conversations. I think that's something that I haven't found yet listening to podcasts and is something that I would want to participate in. So, um, that's another one of our pilots that you all can look forward to hopefully, uh, engaging in with us. Yes. And with that, I guess the last kind of ask that we have of everyone listening, well, first of all, Thank you for listening. And if you've listened to our first two seasons, we really, really appreciate it. And when we make it big one day, we know who our top listeners are and you'll get some kind of magical crystal prize, something. We'll make something special for you to thank you. Um, But uh, we would love to just hear from everyone. I'll, I'll put some stuff up on our Instagram stories for now, but we'd love to hear from you in terms of, you know, just the type of content that you would love to hear us cover in the future, what Jasmine and I can provide uh, value in to you now. So we haven't really gotten into this, and this is something that we might test out with a Patreon, but Jasmine and I do have four to five years of pretty intense innovation consulting experience, and so we can definitely help out in terms of recruiting advice or reviewing resumes or, you know, giving you an insight into what innovation consulting really is and all the different types. 
um, bringing people together across firms, like I said, for panels on different things, um, frameworks to think through different problems you're having, honestly, in your personal life or your business life or advice on starting a podcast, anything that you think we might know about that you want us to talk about more, we're super open to that um, as well. And we want to build that into the Patreon or whatever we end up coming out with uh, in 2021. So DM us on Instagram, reply to some of the stories that I'll put out asking for feedback. And we definitely want to build this with you guys. There's some parts of it that are obviously a little bit more artistic and have to happen behind the scenes, which would be the actual podcast episodes. But we're hoping to complement that with a lot more community building this year. Yeah. And even if um, you have an idea of a story that you want to tell or someone that you think we should have on the pod, send them our way. Um, I think something that we're trying to do more of is saying yes. (laughs) Like, sure, let's make it work. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't we should say no. So um, send people our way. We love we love learning new things and meeting new people. Um, so yeah. Is that a wrap? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. To That Point is created and produced by us, Jasmine and Montana. Big thanks to Levi Berry for the audio engineering and editing. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, and follow along on Instagram at to that point. See you soon.